0: It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, everyone, it's Ron Johnson, and this is the Ron Johnson Show on the Locked On Sports Minnesota's podcast network. The Vikings traveled to London, and there was an underarching story that I did not think would happen, but it happened. We are going to talk about that next, coming up in the Ron Johnson Show.
1: On the field, in the broadcast booth, Ron Johnson is Minnesota Sports. One of a kind opinions big name guests the teams you care about every 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 day it's the ron johnson show part of locked on sports minnesota and it starts now
0: welcome to the ron johnson show and i'm your host ron johnson before we bring my producer sam ekstrom into the show i have to make sure everybody knows download the amazon app as well as Roku there's a Minis- There's a locked on sports Minnesota app on Amazon and Roku. Please download it. You can get all the videos, all the f- shows, all your favorites, but remember, check out our locked on sports, Minnesota podcast on YouTube as well. Following every twins Vikings wild or wolves game our locked on team. Hosts are hosting and broadcasting live. You can find locked on sports, Minnesota on Amazon fire and Roku. Download the locked on sports, Minnesota app to get all your favorite shows. Well. The Vikings traveled to London, and it was a Monday travel versus a Thursday travel. Uh, Are we going to go out and win this game, or are we going to try not to lose this game? Neither coach had the right answer for the sleep because both teams seemed to play just fine. The backup quarterback, though, we talked about that last week. We wanted to face Jameis Winston. We thought Jameis Winston would have made way more mistakes than Andy Dalton. Andy Dalton did not make mistakes he played a pretty carefree game he was playing with house money he knew that you know what if i go out because i heard the announcers make a comment that andy dalton said he doesn't know why he's bounced around the league so much but he knows you know what i'm going to take every opportunity and this was one of them to show the league i still have it and he does i mean he threw some nice passes he threw some dimes to chris olave andy dalton was a scary sneaky opportunity that the vikings almost let slip away but There's a storyline that not a lot of people uh, are going to give too much praise to, and this is what I'll say. A new regime handles the kicker the right way. And what does that mean? They continue to have faith in Greg Joseph. Greg Joseph, Vikings fans have watched kickers go wide left or off the uprights for years and years. And every time that happens in the middle of a game, a field goal is missed, an extra points missed, everybody's sitting back saying, you know what, here we go again. Yep, he missed the kick, and this is going to screw us. We should have been up four points, and now we're up three, which is going to give the the Saints a chance to come down and beat us by scoring a touchdown and going up four, and then we have to score a touchdown, or they're going to kick a field goal to tie it, we have to go in overtime, and then we're going to lose in overtime. Like Vikings fans, like you look at the comment boards, the Twitter, everything, even the Vikings Instagram post, fans were coming under there like, this game is brutal. We're going to lose this. I can't believe what's going to happen. And then the Vikings won. Why? Because of their kicker. Their kicker was never thrown to the side. We remember Daniel Carlson. We remember him going for two because he didn't trust his kicker anymore. And now look at that. New love, new life, new coach. And Greg Joseph is the hero, but he redeemed himself. A redemption story. A Vikings kicker is redeemed. I don't think we've seen that. He's redeemed. He found a way to win. Because the Carolina Panthers issues before with with B.B., he redeemed himself. But we've never seen a kicker do it. And now he did it. The other uh, big story that we got to talk about, though, too, Justin Jefferson. Like, I honestly did not think he could go off for 10 catches, 147 yards, a touchdown on the ground. But Kevin O'Connell said, you know what? You can double, triple team, do whatever you want. I'm going to find ways to move him around to where if you do double and triple team, it's going to be so obvious that Kirk Cousins will have an easy day. And so by motioning, moving, and putting him in the backfield where he's one-on-one with a linebacker or a safety, it's tough to show your cards. You can't double-team a running back. Like, if you double-team a running back, that's the weirdest defense I've ever seen. And so I love that Kevin O'Connell did that. The jet sweep motion when he scored a touchdown. If you double the jet sweep motion guy, it's going to show Kirk Cousins right away. So they tried to, like, pass it off, but then when they passed it off, there was nobody realizing is he's not just motioning a pass, he's running the ball. So there was so much sneakiness with this offense that Kevin O'Connell put together and then trusting his kicker. It's a new day, it's a new team. Like that was the reason. So for the fans that are questioning the win, it's a win. They're three and one. They're three and one. If they beat the Bears, and now the Dolphins probably won't have Tua, they beat a Teddy Bridgewater-led Dolphins. They're five and one at the bye week. Nobody really picked five and one. I think we were all saying four and two because they put the Packers, Eagles, as a possible and Saints as possible losses. But now four and two at the or five and one at the bye. Now can't look ahead because we looked ahead with the Gophers and Purdue beat them, so we're not going to look too far ahead. But five and one at the end of the bye. I mean, I don't think you can ask for a better start other than six and zero. Oh, five and one at the bye with the way this team played against the Eagles and how people thought the season was over, found a way to beat the Lions, found a way to beat the Saints. This just might be a find way team. They're going to find a way to get into the NFC Championship if they have to. I think this is going to be a find way team. Kevin O'Connell's going to figure it out every week. It's Justin Jefferson's week. And that's why I love Justin Jefferson, because he didn't cry and moan and throw stuff, kick a, kick a kicking net down because he wasn't getting the ball last week. What did he do? He just went out there, played. Did the karate flip off the ground after the kneel of the ball on victory formation? And then he came out and had a 10-catch, 147-yard performance. Big, huge catch down the sideline on Marshawn Lattimore to put him into the position they were in. Biggest play of the game, in my opinion. Kirk Cousins threw an absolute strike, realizing it was man-to-man coverage. Great, great route call, go route. You put his guy on his guy. Your guy against my guy, let's see who's better. But Sam, that was my takeaways from the game. What were yours?
1: Yeah, so th- I do still have some questions about some of the on-field stuff that's going on with this team. Mm-hmm. Uh, the offense, kind of, you know, going into to sleep mode there and not converting in the red zone. Defense giving up a lot in the second half. I still have questions, but I also don't want to overlook the impact of having a coach that guys seem to really want to play for, a guy that's going to encourage his kicker down the stretch and and kind of pump up the confidence and. Maybe that plays into, and it's hard to, to really nail down how important it is, but maybe that plays into the Vikings suddenly winning these close games at the wire instead of losing them. They're the team that's closing out the game better, and that has value in the NFL, and all the games are going to be close late. So that's huge. Um, secondly, to your first point about special teams, that's by far the best part of this Vikings team right now is the special teams. I mean, they've got yeah. what they've got a blocked field goal this year, a fake punt that they converted, a forced fumble yesterday on punt coverage. They seem like they're really close to blocking punts. Um, they're really good at covering kickoffs. And Greg Joseph is kicking really well. I mean, this is just a great special teams unit, and we've seen the impact of it now two weeks in a row uh, when you have that. So credit to Matt Daniels. You know, Credit to Kevin O'Connell for hiring Matt Daniels. That's been a sneaky big piece of this 3-1 start for the Vikings.
0: Yeah, and, and you know what? And Chris Boyd, um, just a young guy having fun. I think a lot of people, I even joked about it, uh, that he threw his helmet off like he was Stefan Diggs winning the Super Bowl. Because you could see him, like, his shoe came off at one point. Like, I don't know what. It was, like, it was like, you know, somebody who had a long night drinking from the time of him getting the ball to getting back to the sideline. He lost his helmet, his shoe. Like, I didn't know what was going on. It was chaos in that celebration. Um, he's lucky he didn't get a flag because you cannot throw your helmet off on the field like to celebrate. That is excessive celebration. Stefan Diggs even got a flag in the Minneapolis Miracle, even though it didn't matter. Um, so that's the only thing I'd say is Chris Boyd is a, is, a, is a bright spot in the special teams. He plays hard. He really wants to get on the field. So that's his way right now. Uh, Lewis Scene going down was tough. So now, you know, from a special teams gunner standpoint, Chris Boyd is going to have to pick up that slack uh, because Lewisine is out. Like, you know, he's at, he has to stay in London for surgery. So who knows when he's going to even come back to the U.S.? I mean, I guess they're going to have to send a private jet maybe because uh, after surgery, you don't want him on a commercial flight, you know, having to deal with all the traffic and the people and standing in line to get his ticket and all that stuff. My, I hope Ziggy Wilf or somebody's going to send a jet to go get him from London and bring him back. Um, but when you think about, this team and all the pieces and Patrick Peterson. I mean if you notice Patrick Peterson ran over and grabbed Chris Boy's helmet, and threw it, you know, put it on his head. Like, hey, hey, you cannot take your helmet off. What are you doing? Um you're right. Like the 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 special team's play has been very good. Like they they have not had any like gashes, where you're like, oh man, are you kidding me? Like they haven't had any change of like momentum because if your offense goes on to scores and then, or your defense gets a stop and then there's a huge issue on special teams, whether you fumble the ball, whether your punter you know shanks a punt, uh, field goal gets blocked, like a lot of that stuff can really demoralize a team, and they haven't had that yet. Um, the Bears don't look like they have it together, so I just don't think this is a team that can beat them. We're gonna uh, talk to a couple Bears. Uh, people this week um, about that. Courtney Cronin, ESPN is going to join the show this week, and so she covers the Bears, so we'll be able to get a little insight into what the Bears are doing. But I just, I really feel like this is a four and one team. Like next week, this is a four and one team. Um, and Justin Jefferson I, at home. Like I don't know <clears throat> if the Bears are going to do what the Lions did. So this could be another KJ Osborne, Adam Thielen day. Which fine if this is the trade off. One week Justin, the next week those two. One week Justin, the next week those. I think that's a formula that Keenan McCardell will take every single time. Like, hey, this is what it's gonna be. We're gonna go back and forth. So that triple crown that I thought Justin Jefferson getting it's kind of getting blurry because um that's tough. That's mm-hmm. tough if they're gonna play you like that. They're gonna flat out just say Justin Jefferson's not gonna beat us. That's tough. But who knows? Maybe Kevin O'Connell is a mastermind and and he's every week sitting back, you know, like Dr. Evil, and he's gonna figure out a way. To, to get Justin Jefferson more targets. But Sam, before we jump into the Kamal Martin, he's going to be joining us today. Uh, just for everybody to know, Kamal Martin is going to join us in the Hang on Ron Johnson segment, former uh, Burnsville standout, former Gopher, Packer, Carolina Panther. Um, he's going to join us. But Sam, quickly, before we uh, get into that, my one question to you is, what is your prediction for the bye week? What is their record going to be?
1: Yeah, that Miami quarterback is kind of the big question because I do think they beat the Bears. That's one of the worst offenses I've ever seen. They're mm-hmm. going to be 4-1 and one going into that Miami game. So whether it's Teddy or Tua, I still think that's a really tough game. Uh, that's going to stretch your secondary. That's mm-hmm. in their house. Now Miami is coming off a loss, so they are human. I still think they're 4-2. Um, okay. I'm going to put an L next to that game. There are concerning things with this defense that still make me a little nervous um and and the offense has been yeah has been average i still think there's another level to this and the vikings need to improve they can't play like this all season uh it's great they're winning now though Uh, i think i I think that's a loss for me i think it's a loss Hmm. for me four and two
0: that's a that's a i mean i i I could see that but i don't know i just feel like if it's teddy bridgewater i I think this defense is going to dial up some stuff to get to him and tua I just think I don't I would not do that. Like after a seizure and that hit, you know, two concussions in the span of like what five days? No, he wasn't even supposed to play. He wasn't supposed to play, but we'll see what they end up doing. The Dolphins, you know, they fired the the, the guy got fired that did the uh independent uh baseline test for him for his concussion. He was fired. So it's all gonna come to light. But before we jump into this Kamal Martin segment, Locked On Sports Minnesota gives you endless Vikings talk with local experts. Get your daily 30-minute dose of sports with Kara Levin, sports director, uh, Reggie Wilson, and going back and forth with his co-host, Luke Inman. It's fast. It's fun. It's superior sports talk. Your daily Minnesota sports show. Find it by subscribing to Locked On Minnesota Sports on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. And also remember, Amazon and Roku as well. There's a Locked On Sports Minnesota app on there.
1: And today's episode brought to you by BetOnline.net, your number one source for all sports wagering info. It's pro football betting. It's NCAA football betting. Looking ahead to Chicago, the Vikings are favored by a touchdown. The over-under in that game. 42 and a half. So the Vikings TD favorites against the bears. You can get football lines as well as MLB, MMA, boxing, golf, and hey, NBA and NHL is right around the corner. Head to betonline.net or use your mobile device to learn more. Bet online where the game starts.
0: And as promised, the hanging with Ron Johnson segment is my guy, Kamal Martin. Kamal, I've watched Kamal Martin grow from a high school kid at Burnsville high school recruited by Minnesota, um family friends with Carter Coughlin so Kamal kind of came right into the like sphere of friendship when I uh met Kamal and and Carter and then now seeing these guys as adults uh they have girlfriends fiances now uh it's just funny I saw these guys out to dinner one night and it just kind of came full circle that I'm old um but as I bring Kamal Martin into the Ron Johnson show I want to thank you for joining me man and uh I got to jump out there man so you were here this weekend for homecoming. Gophers Purdue. Uh, it, it was a trap game. Let's be honest. Everybody had Minnesota beating Purdue. Everybody had Minnesota as a favorite to be in the in the championship series. Uh, top four teams. All this other jargon and everybody's talking. And the players. We know PJ is going to do a good job of keeping the players' uh, heads in the game. But Kamal. Um, First, let's talk about the atmosphere. What was that like being back for homecoming now as as an alumni, as an older guy, seeing all the uh, former players come back?
2: Man, it was was incredible. It was an incredible atmosphere, um, as you know. And um, there's nothing like being back in that bank. There's nothing like having those juices flowing. and, And for me, I'm not too far removed. So seeing some of the guys that I played with out there making plays and and doing what they do, man. It was just a blessing to be back. Um, as far as uh, the atmosphere and 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 the the camaraderie between you know just the guys at the whether it's the M Club or just the guys on the sidelines, man. It's it's like we've we've never took time apart. You know, it's it's crazy. You know, the Empire class, even the class before it. It's like you know we could go months without talking to each other and. And it's right back to it. It's right back to, to what we started. So that was awesome.
0: Yeah, and you were you were a, a Packer, so you were Green Bay Packer. You were Carolina Panther. Uh, but let's talk about that, man. Growing up in Burnsville, playing for Burnsville, playing for your hometown Gophers, and then you go to the Packers, and so now you become a part of the rivalry of Minnesota, Wisconsin. Uh, what was that like becoming a Packer? and having to deal with like friends that are Vikings fans, but still love Kamal and want to cheer for Kamal. Uh, How was that transition going to the Packers?
2: Man, this one question I've never been asked so much. (laughs) It's it was um, it was an amazing experience. So, I mean, just the opportunity to um, live out a dream, whether that's home state, whether that's enemy lines, you know, just having the opportunity to live out my dream, as you know, um, as you've played f- quite some time in the league, and and uh, it was a blessing, man. It was a blessing, but just the friendships and, and the relationships, you see the true side of it, because because after I left, everybody switched right back, <laughs> right back to Vikings. <laughs> so it was it was a good time, but but you see the true colors when they come out. <laughs> <laughs>
0: So they were excited for you to be a Carolina Panther because it's like, yes, finally we can stop cheering for the Packers. Um, Absolutely. <laughs> but looking looking at the NFL as a whole, you know, you were smart, I guess I'll say, as far as you're doing it the right way. You, you took your time with your girlfriend. Now you guys are engaged, uh, taking your time, getting married. But let's put yourself in college atmosphere like Tanner Morgan. Um, how hard would that have been for you to be married in college?
2: Man, it would be very difficult, you know, just because the time that you have to grow in college is, is minimized by four years, you know what I'm saying? But but Tanner, he's been there for, for quite some while. <laughs> he's had time to mature. So if I was in Tanner's position, man, I think Tanner's such a mature guy. He's he's well beyond his years, and, and, and he's a deep man of, of his faith. So um, much respect to him. And and the decision he's made to go ahead and pursue that um for me personally I don't think I would have been mature enough you know and and that's credit to Tanner and, and how mature he is and and how much of a leader he is at, at that quarterback position but as well as a leader in that locker room so
0: yeah cuz I had him on the uh on my uh the Gopher's pregame show for Saturday morning uh and and he was my one-on-one interview and we talked about that and it was it was amazing to hear that because, I mean, we joke that he's, you know, 30 years old, but, you know, it's, it's amazing to hear what he said. He kind of said the same thing. He's like, you know what, I've been here forever. Uh, he was like, you know, I, we've been together for a while now. He's like, I am an older guy. You know, you got 18-year-old kids coming into the building, and, you know, he's an older guy. he like said, been there for six years. Technically, he would be like a third-year NFL vet if he had just left right. college uh, after a normal four years. And so when you see all that unfold, uh it, it does make sense because he is older. He is it is a different, you know, life for him. He's not, you know, a guy that wants to hang out anyway. You know, so for him, I you know, I think it was a smart move. It gives him a companion, somebody to come home to, a friend to talk to. Um, but Kamal, looking at your NFL experience, uh going from high school to college to the NFL, uh, what was the biggest leap? Was it high school to college or college to the NFL?
2: For me it was it was high school to college because um it's so easy to be a a big fish in a small pond in high school and then Mm -hmm. transition into to college where um you start all over again and you have to find that dog in you you have to find that that physical um territory where you could just dominate in and um for me that was that was a transition that was easy for me because i was naturally you know a physical um, football player who loved the game of football and um it's hard because if, if you don't love it it's it's very hard to transition from high school to college and and you see a lot of that with you know this transfer portal and, and a lot of guys transferring because you know they're not getting this time or that time and and it comes down to just being a doc, you know it just comes down to having that that talent but also loving the game so i would definitely say high school to college
0: yeah, and when you think about you playing quarterback, so a lot of people don't remember that. You were a high school quarterback. <laughs> I remember it uh, because I'm pretty sure, didn't you guys beat Eden Prairie? Or who did you beat your, like, one of your years? Your senior year? We beat years?
2: Rosemount. It was Rosemount. Rosemount, okay.
0: Year. Yeah, but I so say you had a good, you had a good playoff run um, at quarterback. Because I remember, like, is he going to play quarterback in college or is he going to play something else? Um, we do a segment Monday mornings. Normally, you know, NFL wise, called Monday Morning Quarterback. We just kind of started it, uh, you know, and it didn't happen on purpose. You just happen to be a former quarterback. If you were to see yourself in the NFL as a quarterback, uh, what NFL quarterback, you know, do you kind of watch and be like, man, I I could have done that maybe.
2: Man, it, and it's cool because I've I've always grown up as a Cam Newton fan. You know, I love watching Cam play growing up and the opportunity to get to play with him was obviously a blessing, but, you know, I, yeah. I tried to emulate my game, um, just like Cam. Uh, if you look at my high school film, I, I had a, I had a touchdown where I actually did the Superman and, um, <laughs> <laughs> I laugh now because it's just, it's crazy getting the opportunity to be able to play with him, but, um. You know, I I would definitely say Cam. You know, it's it's, it's a blessing to be able to play with him. You know, the way he plays the game, the love he has for the game, the way he has um, just raw talent is unbelievable, you know.
0: And did you like when you were with the Gophers, did you ever have that itch to want to grab the ball and you know, say, hey coach, like for for, for this teams period when you're looking for a backup quarterback, can I go in and, and be the opposing, you know, offenses quarterback for this week? Like did you ever have that itch to want to get behind the under center again?
2: You know, you know they'll never let me do that. <laughs> you know they'll never let me do that. But um I, I did. I, I joked around all the time with, with the offensive staff and and made jokes about, you know, goofing around, saying I still have it, I still got, I got some, I got some arm left in me and, and whatnot. But you know, they'll never let me go back and and take a snap on the offensive side of the ball. And and I fell in love with defense as soon as I stepped on the field. You know, credit goes to Coach Harrell's, You know, um, just having the opportunity to to get the chance to go to University of Minnesota as my only Power Five offer. You know, credit goes to, to Coach Sherrill's for believing in me, you know. So, you know, stepping on that defensive side, is it was, it was awesome. And, and I will never go back to it.
0: Yeah, when you look at at Coach Sherrill's, you know, you were around for some of the crazy things that happened in his life. Uh, what was that like seeing him battle and, you know, get back in the office?
2: Man, it was honestly um, the most inspiring powerful, uplifting thing, to see somebody go through something so um, tragic, but also change it into something so uplifting and positive in their life, not only for himself, but for us, for his linebackers, for his for his family, for his wife, for his own parents, for his children. And um, to see something like that, man, it's it, it, it gave us the the mindset to say, yeah, we could, we could go through any type of adversity. We've seen somebody go through, through hell and back. And, um, man, that was just such a blessing to have him in our lives and he's still in our lives and we see him very um, often. So yeah, that was awesome, man.
0: Yeah, and for those who don't know, check out you know the Mike Sheryl story. Former Gophers linebacker also was the linebackers coach. Uh, had a life-threatening uh, issue in a hospital due to uh, negligence. To be honest, of a hospital not knowing what he's allergic to, uh, lost parts of his stomach, couldn't eat. You know, had to eat through a tube. Uh, life-threatening. You know, brother was with the Vikings at the time, so that was my connection to it. Marcus, his brother, played for the Vikings, and we got the kind of the the message of Hey, Marcus is going to fly back to Minnesota." Some happened to his brother. Um, and so, yeah, so it, it was that was definitely a scary moment, I think, for everybody. Um, you were part of the transition, too. So you were there with, with Kill and Cheryl's and those coaches and then in Clay's. And then you know you, you get PJ Fleck and Joe Rossi and all that. Like, what was that transition like? Because it was like rubber met the road for a lot of players. But what was that roll the boat transition for you?
2: That transition at first, it, it was very tough, you know, just coming from that experience, like we we're just talking with Coach Charles, and, and creating that mm-hmm. special bond, and then, and then after something completely new comes in, but you know, I always, and I was just talking to Coach Fleck about this um, on, on Saturday, and, and I said I, I'm forever grateful for for that staff and for him coming because they they taught us how to be men, you know, mm-hmm. like we we're just talking about about being mature and, 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 and growing into a man and, and learning how to become not only a football player and a and a really good football player but a really good man in life. And that that culture there is, is imminent. It's 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 advanced beyond its years and I don't see it going away for a long time. I think that that culture is, is made for winning. I think that culture is made for winning in life. Um and, and credit goes to Coach Fleck and and a lot of credit goes to Coach Rossi, too, who, who helps a lot of those linebackers um, who were from that staff feel like we had that, that, that promising leader again, you know, and, and Coach Rossi is just such an amazing person, such an amazing coach, such an amazing teacher. And, um, you know, we call, him, we, we call him the guru. He's, he's a defensive guru. And, and you, <laughs> see that, you, know? you see that. You see the guys out on that field um, win or loss, they love to play for that man. And that speaks volume into the type of person he is, so.
0: Yeah, and now, you know, one last question before we jump into the Daily Three. We're going to have the Daily Three. It's going to be three questions, three minutes each. So we'll both take like a minute and a half. You could take a little bit more because I know these questions are geared towards you. Uh, but, you know, we're, we're going to jump into the Daily Three in a minute, but last question. Uh, when you see this Gopher football program and you were one of the catalysts, you know, you, Tyler Johnson, Carter Coughlin, uh, you know, Antoine Winfield. You know, that was your your guys' group. Uh, and you guys really, like, helped Rashad Bateman. You know, he's a part of that. You guys really helped people understand what roll the Bolt was. You guys bought prominence uh, to what P.J. Fleck was trying to put together. Uh, when you look at that brotherhood of, of Antoine Winfield, you, Carter Coughlin, Tyler Johnson, all those guys, uh, what, what do those guys mean to you in your life, those players?
2: Man, I mean, they mean everything, you know, those guys are the, the guys that I grew up with. Most of the guys you name are my roommates, you know, and, and, and to be able to grow up with them, become men, um, have the opportunity to learn life lessons and play ball. Like, I mean, it's, it's second to none, you know, we talk every single day. We still have such a crazy relationship, a, a lifelong friendship. And it was, it was a blessing because I had the opportunity to, um, uh, do the captain's speech uh, this past Saturday. And um, mm-hmm. having the opportunity to do that and talk about those guys and about the lifelong relationships and the bonds and, and how those are created, uh, there's nothing that that could stand next to that, man. It's all worth it, all the hard work, the sweat, the blood, the tears. Man, it's it's something that you can never look back and say, man, the pain of discipline versus the pain of regret. You. Man, as long as you say discipline throughout that, man, it's the benefits and, and the reap of the benefits and the rewards, it's all worth it. So love those guys.
0: Yeah. Well, before we jump into the Daily 3, make sure you guys check out our Locked On Sports Minnesota podcast on YouTube. Following every Twins, Vikings, Wild, or Wolves game, our Locked On team hosts are broadcasting live with team insiders. Never miss a podcast by subscribing to the Locked On Sports Minnesota youtube channel but also you can download the now the minnesota locked on sports app on amazon fire roku and wherever else you find your podcast apps well it's that time of the show sam Ekstrom is going to lead the way the daily three take it away sam
1: okay before we get into the questions i think our director matt has a photo of kamal as a senior in high school me as just like an infant broadcaster interviewing Kamal. This is the the South Suburban <laughs> Spotlight show on Burnsville Community Television. Oh, we're breaking down some film. That that's standard definition, I think, that we're looking at there. Coach Tyler Krebs on the left. Um Kamal, that, that bring you back to a uh, to a fun time. That brings
2: me all the way back, man. Oh my goodness
1: <laughs> <laughs> Might be breaking down some film with that Rosemount game that you guys won. That was pretty epic. I remember Corey Callstrom catching the game-winning touchdown. Uh, anyway, I've got three questions for you. Number one, I want to touch on sort of your transition from high school quarterback to college football linebacker, I guess when did you know you would have to switch positions and then what did that entail to like shape your body the way you wanted it to look to play on the defensive side of the ball and then ron with the remaining time i'd like to hear about any different positions you played in your high school career
2: yeah um so yeah going into my junior or going into my senior year i went to uh university of minnesota football camp and pretty much they set it up so Carter and I just just battled battled each other all camp, and uh, they threw me at D. N. Tight end. They just made us batting Rams to see if we're physical and tough enough. And at that moment, I knew that I was not playing quarterback. <laughs> I knew that <laughs> I knew that I was going to be either a tight end, a linebacker, or something. So yeah, that's when I knew, and that's when I started putting on some weight. Started learning how to hit and and all of that. So, <laughs> uh,
1: and you played a little defense at Burnsville too, right? I mean, it's not like you were unfamiliar with that side of the ball. You were a pretty good defensive player in high school.
2: Yeah, we played a little bit of safety in high school. Just more, you know, you just tell your your athletes back there at safety and let them run around a little bit. So,
0: <laughs> so you oh you played safety.
2: I played safety a little bit my senior year. Yes, sir. Okay.
0: But that was the only time. So not in junior, sophomore, freshman, nothing. Just quarterback. No, nah,
2: just quarterback.
0: <laughs> well, for me, I mean, I don't know. Like, I, I, I only play receiver and safety. So I was a strong safety. We kind of had a box uh, type of situation. Because in Detroit, a lot of teams, we had a lot of good running backs come out of Detroit. Uh, I mean, we you think about TJ Duckett, uh, you, you think about uh, Will Green, um, I'm trying to think who else went to Michigan State, like Moss. Uh, We had a lot of running backs, Chester Taylor. um, So we had to put eight in the box. So I was just one of the box guys. I was a 6'2", 210-pound high school kid. So, you know, playing safety in the box was easy. Uh, But my freshman year, I did play running back. So I was a running back all my life. I was short. I was big, thick. And then I grew between ninth and 10th grade. I grew six inches. I was 5'6", my freshman year. And then I was 6'2". <clears throat> my sophomore year and uh when I came back to school for summer training um you know they had me with the running backs for like one day and the I'll never forget the coach I think looked at me and was like man see where, where, when did this kid grow and so I, I really only play receiver when I play, but I did I was a, a running back all my life until
1: I grew six inches in that summer all right that's good stuff question number two I want to talk about superstitions uh, do either of you have superstitions revolving around football, whether it's pregame, during the game? Uh, Kamal, we'll start with you.
2: I did. I did. My One of my weird ones growing up uh, throughout Little League was pickle juice. I had to chug a whole <laughs> glass of pickle juice before a game. And um, that kind of stopped after high school because my dad would always make me just chug pickle juice. He didn't want me cramping out there. And... Um, as I started college, I was like, Wow, I don't have a I don't have a superstition really. So my superstition became my cutoff tank top under my pads. So if you ask Brady over there at Gopher Football, he knows every single time before a game I needed my cutoff pads. Or I mean cutoff tank top under my pads.
0: It didn't have like the tassels hanging from it or anything, did it? Yeah.
2: No, it had it had some strings hanging from it. it had you know, <laughs> I,
0: yeah,
2: I had to get a little rowdy, so you know some LBs.
0: So if you so so basically you had to make sure if you didn't have it, he had to go find a tank and make sure it was cut off. Yeah. Or you, yeah. Okay.
2: <laughs> or else I couldn't go out there.
0: Did you warm up like shirt? Did you ever do the shirtless warm up when it was cold? Because I know Northwestern did that to you guys one year.
2: Yep, yep. So that's a funny story because actually that game, Carter and I, we were like, you know what man, let's put, let's put the fear of God into these boys. So we, it was cold, right? It was really cold. So we walked out there uh, without shirts, just started warming up and whatnot. We looked back, the whole team's out there without shirts. And we're like, man, what? It was so <laughs> funny, man. It was so funny.
0: <laughs> yeah, that Drift coach took his shirt. I like, that was the funniest thing ever. I was like, these dudes are super Dilarious. weird.
2: Oh <laughs> it man, was that weird. was funny.
0: It was super weird. Like they were chest bumping and the weight coach took his shirt off. I'm like, these guys are going a little too far to trying to prove that it's not cold. I'm like, I would have been out there in a hoodie. Like, forget that. Like, I'm going to go catch 10 balls. I'm warming up in a hoodie. Uh, For me, I, I I guess my superstition was music. Like, I always had, and see, and Kamal, you grew up in an era with like uh, uh easy iPods, you know, iPhones that had music. You guys could warm up with the armband, like, super easy warm up type stuff your watch could be the music and you have your I mean warming up nowadays is so easy I mean I saw Marvin Harrison Jr wearing his Apple watch through most of the game a couple weeks ago so I'm like how easy is he having if he feels like an Apple watch is safe on a football field but uh for me so this is back to the CD days I had to have my (laughs) CD player I had to go find a CD player that didn't skip because you can't warm up with a CD player because it's going to skip so I had to find like a skip free CD player that could take the jogging around the field. Super horrible experience. It would fall, it would like drop down my sweatpants sometimes. And then I think my rookie in the NFL, Nike, came out with an MP3 player that they gave a lot of players, and that was the best ever. So yeah, you got to put, and there's a funny thing. I look back, I'm like, man, that's nothing. But like it was like, oh, you could put 50 songs on this. And so I'm like, oh, this is this is the one. Uh, but still had the cord like hanging from it. There was no Bluetooth yet. So, but yeah, music was my – like I had to have my music warming up. Like if I didn't have music, I literally couldn't go out there. I would be late to warm-ups because I'm in the locker room trying to get my MP3 player to work.
1: I got one more question for you guys. I am curious what it's like when you transition from your college coaching staff and get into your first pro coaching staff because you establish this college culture and this relationship with your college coach, and then you have to go into a whole new culture. So for you, Kamal, going from Fleck to Lafleur, and Ron, for you, going from Mason to Brian Billick. We'll start with Kamal.
2: Man, it was – and, and... Ron's probably going to talk about this too, but it was it was different. You know, it was a lot different for me because we're so used to um, such a, a, a regiment strict schedule of wake up at 5:50, have a workout, this, have check in for lunch, and do this and do that. And um, my first time transitioning from college to the NFL, it, it was like, wow! Like I have I have to do my own you know, scheduling, I have to, I have to, I have to become my own man. And, and, um, it was cool because it had, it gave me the opportunity to mature in that way. And, um, I think that it's, it's a lot different because it's, it's ran like a business and, mm-hmm. and people slash coaches slash other coaches and the, and the coaching assistants, you know, they, they have families themselves. And at the end of the day, it's a, it's a, it's a dog eat dog world. And, um, there's no red shirt. There's no year to kind of figure out what you're doing. You got to kind of hop right into it and, um, you know, hit the ground rolling. So it was, it was different for me. And, and luckily I had the opportunity to, um, you know, have a good training camp. My, my rookie year, unfortunately upset with injury, but you know, it was different. It was a lot different for me. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. I'd say for me, um, My receiver's coach, actually, it was easier leaving college going to the NFL because my receiver's coach, I'd only had him for one year. Joker Phillips, if I had Joker Phillips all three years, I probably would have had a tough time. But Joker left and went to Kentucky to be the head coach. Um, And so – or Notre Dame, I think. He went to Notre Dame to be the offensive coordinator and then went to Kentucky to be the head coach. Um, But I had uh, Rich Wilson. Uh, So he was a good coach, but he, like, because of who I was that year, my senior year, he came in and kind of really didn't – You know, he was like, well, let me know what you need. And, I, you know, he was trying not to rock the boat. He knew me and Joker had a great relationship. Um, Joker wasn't fired. Joker left for, you know, for a higher job. So uh, that was a tougher transition going from one coach to another in college than it was the NFL. The NFL, uh, David Shaw, who's now the head coach for Stanford, was my receivers coach. So. Shaw was great. Like he was already like mentally, we knew like this dude's an offensive coordinator. Like even though he's a receivers coach, he was like the this was before they gave everybody fifty titles. But he was a pass game coordinator. Uh, he made sure we knew coming in to a receiver room who had lost a couple of vets and they only had Brandon Stokan and Travis Taylor. I knew right away I had to be a starting X because these both these guys were under six feet. Uh, so coming in being the starting X, uh, I had to learn a lot quick. Um, probably drinking from a fire hose. And I agree with Kamal, like. I didn't do a great job. I'll personally say, looking back, I didn't do a great job of coming home and managing my time because uh, college, they make you stay for meetings. They make you stay for film study. They make you, you know, take tests. The NFL is like, you practice, you lift weights, and then you're done. Like go home, like figure it out. Like you got to find dinner. You got to get yourself a late lunch, maybe. Um, you know, guys that are married, like you said, like they're not hanging out with you. Like they got their own lives. Yeah. So you, you're kind of on your own in an island um so you do find yourself like if you have a girlfriend spending a ton of time with her at home uh or if there's other rookies that don't have wives you know you guys are just trying to figure out stuff to do whether it's going to the mall playing video games uh but yeah like coming up with a study regimen I think that was hard for me like just coming home open up my playbook getting in film I did not do a great job of that until honestly until my like I started coaching for the coach that's when I realized like this is how it goes but yeah, no, I, I definitely, uh, it is, it is tough, I'd say, from all aspects, from <laughs> college to the pros. But I want to thank Kamal Martin for joining me today on the Ron Johnson Show. Great stories, uh, love this guy playing with the Gophers. Looking forward to seeing, uh, you get back on the field once you're healthy again. Uh, but please remember, everyone, make sure you download the Amazon uh, Locked On Minnesota app on Amazon Fire and Roku. There is an app now. Uh, but also check out our Locked On Sports podcast on YouTube. You can also subscribe to Locked On Sports Minnesota when you're, when you're getting endless Vikings talk with local experts. Subscribe to the free Locked On Sports Minnesota podcast feed wherever you find your podcasts and find our videos on Locked On Sports Minnesota's YouTube channel. Thank you. Have a great day.